Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Are you following all the training rules, reading all the books, hanging on all the expert advice, and still not seeing the results you want? Friend, if you are tired of the conventional training wisdom, you are gonna love this episode because today I'm gonna share some unconventional training methods I've been experimenting with that are getting me great results fast. Yes, we are going to break all the rules today and it's gonna be awesome. This approach isn't for everyone, but if you're willing to stand a little bit of pain, it might change your training life. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks, of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? Man, have I had a day. I just can't even tell you. I woke up this morning and my first sign that this was going to be like some kind of crazy day from the universe was my cat was following me around and he was meowing really loud. Like he's kind of loud in general, but it was very insistent. I'm like, something's going on. I'm like, are you okay? You look okay. And what had happened is I have like a light yellow couch and he had puked all over it and then also thrown up on the down comforter that he likes to sleep on on the couch. So... Like the start to my day, instead of doing like journaling and breath work and all the things I like to do. If you have a a light colored couch, you probably have this stuff too. I actually have like some upholstery cleaner that's used to detail cars. So I was like scrubbing my couch with that. And actually the good news is it's all better. It all came out beautifully. Um, You can't tell the cat puked on the couch. Now I just got to figure out how to wash the comforter. But yeah, the day has kind of continued to go in that that vein. And you know, it's so easy to just get angry at the things like that and forget all the awesome things that happened today too you, which there were many, but we don't dwell on those, right? But I do want to dwell on something really awesome that's been happening for me that I'm like, oh, this is magic. I really have to share this with my people. I think it's going to help some of them so much. So 
what's happening? I am actually getting ready to go and hike slash run the Grand Canyon at the end of the month. So we're actually doing it on March 27th and now it's March. So as I'm recording this, I'm like, oh, it's getting so close. I'm very nervous. But yeah, like it's coming up fast. And I've really started a bit late getting ready for this particular adventure. It falls in March, so I feel like this always happens every time I try to do Grand Canyon. I'm like, shit, I screwed this up. I only have like eight weeks to train. But one thing I'm doing differently this time than all the other trips I've done in my life is I'm using something called block periodization, which I'm about to explain to you. It's what this episode is all about. But I started it as an experiment. It's something that I've never done before. It's something that seemed a little hinky whenever it was explained to me. I'm like, ah, how can that ever work? (laughs) That seems weird. (laughs) And the results have just been so astounding to me. So to give you an idea, I've taken a couple minutes off my running mile, which has been amazing. My resting heart rate has gone down a lot. I dropped about seven pounds as soon as I started doing this. And they've stayed off. And I haven't even really been paying attention that much to what I've been eating. I'm just eating when I'm hungry. And usually I have to like use the fitness tracker to create a little calorie deficit, but apparently not with this block scheduling, this block scheduling periodization. This is amazing. And one thing I've noticed that I can do now is I could run uphill, which is something that I've always struggled with. I'm, I'm like always the person in the ultra that's walking up all the hills. And as I say, I won't be doing some of that still, but man, the ability to run uphill and just feel good doing it has gone through the stratosphere compared to what it was this time last year, even at my peak last year. And the crazy thing about all of this is I'm actually doing it all on less training time, if you can believe that. It makes my head explode just to think about it. I'd say um, I'm probably about doing about two-thirds of what I was doing this time last year, and I'm so far ahead. So how is it happening? The secret, it's a different kind of periodization than we usually do. So I've talked about periodization before on the program. I won't go into all the different kinds and the macro cycles and the micro cycles because we did that in a different episode. I'll drop a link to that periodization episode in the show notes if you want to just re-familiarize yourself as I'm going through this. If there's anything where you're like, what the French toast is she talking about? I would go back and listen to that. (laughs) But just just a quick refresher. Um, What is periodization? It's changing your training as the season goes on. So that makes sense, right? If you just did the same thing all the time, you, you probably wouldn't get much fitter if you just like ran, went out and ran like 45 minutes, like three times a week. Yeah, you're probably not going to get much faster, get much more endurance. So we need periodization to make sure that we're changing and challenging ourselves more as the training season goes on. So for for endurance athletes, what periodization looks like, because you can use periodization for all kinds of things. You can use it for weightlifting. It actually started with weightlifting. But for us, because we're really focused on our cardio, our periodization really tells us how and when we train the different energy systems. So the big one we're always trying to train is our aerobic base, that efficiency at kind of a moderate intensity that we can keep doing for a long time. We also, though, want to train our VO2 max. We also want to train our lactate threshold. So we have that higher gear to shift into and training those things actually helps our endurance performance overall, right? You know all this stuff. And then we also have strength layered on top of that. So some people periodize their strength. They 
focus on building muscle early in the season and focus on endurance a little bit later. And then sometimes around their peak, they're just doing maintenance on their strength. So you can see we're all probably periodizing as I'm talking about this. You may be going like, hey, I didn't know I was periodizing, but I am. We all are, right? So even though you didn't necessarily know the word, you were doing the thing. (laughs) So you heard me say that I'm doing block periodization and you might be like, what is that? And why, why is that different from what we normally do? So before we go on, let's talk just a little bit about the different kinds of periodization. There's basically three kinds to know, two that are really common and one that's this block that's a little bit unconventional that doesn't come up in a lot of books, a lot of training programs. So yeah, let's talk about the differences. So basically the three kinds to know. First, there is classic periodization, sometimes also called linear periodization. And the way this one works is you start with lower intensity stuff and kind of as you become stronger, let's say you just start with doing like building up your base, you're going out. Like if you're a runner, you're just doing your endurance runs. They're not real fast. They're not real hard. And then, you know, as you get stronger, you're like, hey, I think I'm ready for something harder. I'm going to do some lactate threshold intervals or some tempo runs. So you layer that piece in. And then once that's feeling good, you're like, hey, I'm ready for the the hard stuff. I'm going to do some HIIT workouts, which is going to increase my VO2 max. So you might start doing some hill repeats, some HIIT work. So some point, like around the peak, you're actually training all three of those energy systems at the same time. And generally with this kind of classic periodization, we're building up our volume in each of these systems each week. So that's called a linear periodization. Actually, it's not quite linear because if you've listened to this program and if you've worked with me and looked at my training programs, we usually build for maybe three weeks and then take an easy week, right? So it's more like an undulating periodization and that easy week we makes you able to push harder when you come back and start building again the next week. So... What are the pros of the classic periodization? Really, it's well tolerated by most athletes. It feels really doable because you're not doing anything that's too hard before you feel ready. And it does get results. This is really the kind of periodization that you find in a lot of canned training programs, a lot of books, some coaches use the classic periodization as they're training their athletes. It's certainly not a bad way to go. The cons of it are because we're working all the things at once, A, it gets a little bit confusing and hard to keep track of. You're like, hey, I got to increase my lactate threshold. I got to increase my head. I got to increase my base. Like so much math, so many things to figure out. And the other thing is because it's focusing on so many things at once, you're not really like working one area to its full potential. So for those of you who are beginners, that's probably not going to be a big problem. You're not necessarily like pushing into the the real boundaries of what you can do. But for you advanced athletes, you want to go there, right? You want to see what you can really do and how far you can go and how hard you can go. And probably classic periodization isn't the best way to get there. In fact, the research suggests that it's really not. So classic periodization, great way to go. Maybe for you advanced folks, you might be looking for a little bit, something more. So the second kind of periodization, which we call hybrid, it's actually a a hybrid, a cross between classic and block, is actually the one that I think is the most commonly taught by coaches, 
if you follow the work of Joe Friel, he's like one of my most amazing teachers, the guy who invented Training Peaks. He has a book called Fast After 50 that's just amazing. So yeah, he's really big on the hybrid approach, really has a beautiful way of like breaking that down, explaining it. It's also what I use in my program. So if you're a Mountain Fit student or thinking about becoming a student, you're going to have a hybrid approach. And once I explain what it is, you'll see it right away when you look at the training plans. And basically, what's the hybrid? It's training that has phases or themes that emphasize different systems at different times. So a great example of this is some of you, and even if you've done some of my Mount Rainier program or my beginner program, you might see that we start out with strength at the beginning of the season when our cardio is still at low volume, we actually emphasize lifting heavy. And the reason we do that is so that as as your cardio volume and intensity start picking up, that you can actually put the strength on the back burner a little bit. You You can switch to muscular endurance, we can switch to maintenance. So then you can really focus on cardio and strength is already done. You just need to basically maintain it with some workouts. And then we also have some themes, some phases in the cardio. Sometimes we'll do a period where we're focusing on lactate threshold and VO2 max. A lot of times that's also somewhat early in the season. And then as we get closer to your goal, we really focus on endurance, on building, pushing that base, being outside, being specific. So you can kind of see we're still doing all the things at the same time, more or less, but they have certain emphasis at different times. And the way that we kind of pick how we're going to emphasize that is we divide your season into training blocks. So these are three to five weeks long. And the way Joe Friel explains it, you have a base block. So we're focusing on intense cardio. You have a build block. We're focusing on endurance. And the different workouts are planned according to what the theme of that block is. So what's the pro of this? Why does everyone love it and use it? It really is the best of both worlds. It's going to allow you to focus a little bit more on one area and really strengthen that, really push it toward its potential. And the cons, you know, anything that's a hybrid that's in the middle, it's also the worst of both worlds, right? It probably still doesn't push your advanced athletes hard enough. Which brings us to the other extreme, the block scheduling. I learned about this from the work of Jason Koop. If you want to check out some of his websites, pick up some of his books, I'll put some links in the show notes. But um, yeah, this is the one that focuses intensely on one modality at a time. So for example, if you're focusing on lactate threshold, you might go for a two-hour aerobic base run, aerobic base, you're kind of working on all the time. But then within that, you're going to do three 10-minute intervals at lactate threshold. So really pushing that intensity within that run. Another thing that you don't necessarily have to do with block periodization, but is really where you usually find this is the reverse periodization. So what that means is when you're planning a training block, you're like, hey, these are my four weeks. Instead of building for three and doing one easy, you do the hardest week first, and then it gets easier, 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 easier until the end of the block. So if you think about that, it might sound crazy. You might be like, wow, that just seems like it wouldn't really push you. But if you really look at the numbers, you're still doing the same load. You're just front loading it at the beginning. Which brings us to the major con. Like, why don't I do block scheduling for myself and do it for all my athletes? It's painful. <laughs> it's hard, especially at first. That 
pushing yourself really hard at the beginning jumping right into really intense workouts is not easy and it's not for everyone. It's not for you if you're a beginner, if this is your first season training, if you're just trying to learn to love being out there and moving your body and becoming consistent. I wouldn't do it this way just because psychologically and also on your body, it's a little bit rough. It also requires more recovery time. I actually sketched out a schedule for myself between now and Grand Canyon, and I haven't actually followed it because I was not fully recovered after some of these hard workouts. I needed a couple more days in between them than I thought I did. But bringing us back to a pro, this type of training, really, you can do it with smaller doses. I've been amazed because I haven't really adhered to what I thought was going to be ideal. And I've still gotten these great results. And I'm just honestly a little blown away by it. And the other thing that's really awesome is that you probably will get results faster than you have before. This is my own experience. There's also quite a bit of research to back this up. So if you're like, Sarah, tell me how to do it. (laughs) Let's talk about just how to put this together, this block periodization. How do you create a training season out of this? So a couple principles you're going to follow. First, you build it all on aerobic base. This goes back to the very first episode of the podcast. Like You can't go and climb a mountain for 12 hours and get to the summit and come back down. You can't run an ultra race without your base. It is important to put some volume in. So all of these workouts that I'm going to describe are built on the skeleton of your base. And I'll show you what that's going to look like. So here's an example from today. I actually did a workout where I did a two-hour run, like a base run. I'm I'm keeping it really moderate. Heart rate is pretty sustainable. I could probably run like that for a few hours. And then I'm adding in two 30-minute steady state intervals. So I'm just like pushing it up a little bit, giving myself a little bit of challenge. Because even though it's two hours, it's still like kind of One of my in-town shorter workouts, I'll have a longer workout on the weekend that's not going to have any any intervals, but you can see how that works. Second principle, you're going to start to think in terms of blocks. So this is not so different from if you've been in my programs before, we usually work on four-week blocks, three-week build, one-week easy. So same thing. You can do a four-week block. You can also do three, five. There's nothing magic about four. But the important thing is, that the first week of the block is going to be the hardest. And then it's going to get easier, easier, easier until you kind of naturally have your easy week, right? It's the easiest week in the block. It's the last one. Another thing you can do, especially for you runners, I think is important, is to weave in races. So we're going to talk about the three phases of training of block periodization. And for example, in the VO2 max phase, maybe you do a 5K. That's a race that's run at a very high intensity. Maybe for the lactate threshold block, you do a 10K somewhere in there. That's actually a race that is usually run at your lactate threshold for most people if you're running as hard as you can for 10 kilometers. And then if once you get into the endurance phase, which we'll talk about, you can do maybe a half marathon, maybe a 25K. You could also so do some of the shorter ones too. But yeah, just to give you an idea. And if you're a, a mountaineer, your training is mostly hiking, maybe create little races for yourself. Make a course and be like, I'm going to put some weight in my backpack and just power hike around this, this loop that as fast as I can for an hour and just really, really pretend like I'm in a race and give my heart, my lungs that extra work. 
So I jumped ahead of myself a little there. So let's talk about the phases of Black periodization. For people who are just coming back, who maybe are just exercising, doing a couple hours a week of cardio at this point, let's start with what we'll call phase zero. So this is just run or hike, just have fun. There's no intervals. There's no hard and easy weeks. It's not trying to push toward any certain goal. It's just a chance to have fun, get your body used to exercising, get your consistency, your routine on points, get yourself back out there. So phase zero, you might do that for one or two training blocks just to really get your body ready for the harder work that's coming later because the hardest work comes in phase one. Remember, this is a reverse periodization and that's true within the blocks and that's actually true within the program to some degree. The most intense stuff comes early. So phase one is your VO2 max phase and some people call this the hit phase. You're basically doing high intensity intervals as your main focus of training in this phase. So for one or two training blocks, what you're going to do is just really focus on short, intense intervals, like really, really intense. Like if you can push it to RPE 10, that is ideal. So what might this look like? So the way that I just did it is I was doing twice a week, I was doing a 90 minute base run. So just out there for most of it, I'm just, you know, cruising good, like going at my aerobic threshold, like not keeping it super moderate, super sustainable, conversational. But then towards the end of that 90 minutes, I would weave into that six two minute hill repeats. So a total of 12 minutes and I'm running those as hard as I can. I actually took a friend who was not really into this and we did it together bless her heart. She actually, you know, sort of started out really strong. So she would like walk maybe the last 30 seconds. I actually got to a point, like I stopped and she's like, what's happening? Are you okay? And I'm like, I think I'm going to (laughs) puke. So that was maybe a little bit too hard, but you can see like these are kind of pushing as hard as you can to like the edge of your endurance. And you don't have to run until you puke. Like, please don't do that. But really, if you can get up to a 10 out of 10 on the the effort scale. Definitely go for it. Yeah, so I did that twice a week. And then on the weekend, I would have a long run or a short race, like a 5K. And I would do that for, I I just did that for one training block this time and the future might do it too. And of course, decreasing. So I actually wanted to do three hard workouts the first block and I actually couldn't. I didn't recover enough in time to where I felt like I could really push it if I did a third one. So I just did two for that week. It was actually a three-week training block, and I just did two, and then a long run, two, and then a long run, and then just one. And I was like, that seems like nothing. But man, within that three weeks, I just felt so different. Start. That's when I started dropping weights, and the resting heart rate came down. So it's just a small dose is amazing. So definitely, definitely seeing results fast. So after you do a training block or two of the VO2 max phase, let's move into phase two. This is your lactate threshold phase. So what this might look like for me, it was kind of the same thing. I would 
do like two 90 minute base runs during the week and then weave in three 10 minute tempo intervals towards the end. So tempo is your 10K race pace. If you know that, then that makes it a little bit easier. It's the pace, the fastest pace that you can sustain for about an hour. This approximately tracks to your lactate threshold, which is the point where your body starts producing lots of lactate that can be measured because you're tapping into your anaerobic metabolism. I'll put a link to another podcast we did on anaerobic and aerobic metabolism if you want to read more about that. But yeah, so doing um, three times 10 minute tempo intervals, I did this twice a week and then had a long run or a race on the weekend. And again, I, I just, was able to do two a week, even though I wanted to do more. And then the long run, at one point, I'm like, I'll put some intervals, some tempo intervals in the long run. and just found it wasn't happening. Like I was, again, not recovered enough. But um, yeah, just did two and one and in a three-week training block and found that to be amazing. Like I really saw my times start to drop down, like my pace for running quite a bit, even in those couple of weeks. So after that, we go to the final phase. This is your endurance phase. So what this might look like, um, I did one today. It was a two-hour base run, just chilling at my aerobic threshold. And then I picked it up just slightly to RPE seven twice for 30 minutes. And I had a little rest and a snack break in between those 30 minute intervals. RPE seven, it's a little bit strange because RPE seven, it's a little bit harder to find for some people because it's just above your aerobic threshold. So it's the point where if you're trying to talk to someone while you're running, it's getting really, really difficult. And you can still talk to them. You can maybe say like five words, seven words, maybe a sentence or two, but you just wish they would stop talking to you because you're like, ah, talking kind of sucks right now. So if you're looking for RPE7, that's kind of where it hangs out. Um, breath will be often deep, starting to get a little bit labored, but not too labored yet. So that's the intensity where you want to hang out for those longer steady state intervals. Yeah. And so what I'll do, I'll do again, do that twice a week and then have like probably a pretty long run on the weekend. This is also the phase where you want to start getting a bit specific. So for me, I'm going to run the Grand Canyon, run to run to run, run walk. I'll probably walk some of it too. So I definitely want to be out in the mountains getting my body used to jogging or walking, power walking up hills and downhills as well. So hopefully this weekend, get out and do some, some big, big vert, <laughs> maybe like three, 4,000 feet and just really start to train that part. So getting specific, that's really important. If I can squeeze in like another half marathon, I might do that as well. So there you go. That is block periodization, an example of what it looks like. I use running examples since I'm training for a running event. This would work just as well for hiking. You can do all of these workouts at all of these intensities, hiking as well. So I hope that this was interesting to hear about. I would love to hear from you if this is something you'd be interested in trying. If you have any questions, maybe we'll do a follow-up. Maybe I'll make some follow-up videos, pop them on the Instagram, but definitely let me know if this raised any questions for you or if you're curious about how you can adapt this to your sport or your trip or what you're doing. And yeah, definitely hit me up in the Instagrams. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you're we're not frenzies already on there, let's become friends. <laughs> And um, yeah, other than that, I will see you next week. Take care. 
Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.